In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast partner in crime is the one, the only. Happy birthday, podcast partner, number one podcast partner in the world. Joshua Buckley, happy birthday. This is Travis Ratz from one podcast partner to the other podcast partner. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It is, I am now the ripe old age of 36 as we rock and roll on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for tuning into the uh, Comic Exposure Podcast, where we like to talk about comic books and whatever's going on in nerd culture. And right now, you're tuned in to a Comic Book Club episode. Uh, Travis and I, and a lovely guest, Freddie, a podcast five, Pete. Ooh. Thanks. Is it five? I think it's five. It's got to be yeah. up there. He might be the – are you the I think reigning the podcast most... guest? Freddie is the highest ranking podcast guest. He's got to fight it out with Dan McCloy. Yes, Freddie, say hi to everybody. I'm back, baby. Hello. <laughs> so, Freddie's on the back. Can I, can I address something really quickly here? Yeah. I didn't know sure. this before we started. I didn't know you were turning 36. Yeah. Um, ah, shit, dude, you can't. That's that's the cutoff age for comics. You're too old for fucking comics. Am man. I too old? For yeah, comics? that's it. 36. Let's pack yeah. it up. Podcast <laughs> over. That's it. We're done. Freddie, I hope uh, you got room in your garage. Josh's comic book collection is going there. Moving into the garage. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in on the Comic Exposure Podcast. Uh, on a day like today, we are going to read a comic book, a trade, a graphic novel, a collection of issues that we're pouring through today. And we are going to read Hadrian's Wall from Image Comics, uh, originally a French publication recently put out by, uh, by um, Image Comics, eight issues which I didn't realize when I said, hey, we should do this book. Right. And then I was like, oh, that's eight issues. That's a – Travis is holding it up on the Skype picture right now, and it is – it's very thick. It's a beast. It's a beast. I read it digital, so I had no idea how many pages it was. But as you flip through it right now, I go, that's a hefty tome. <laughs> that's a big $20 tome, dollar price, price point on Amazon, probably like fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, probably yeah, fourteen bucks on Amazon or something like that. But we're watching uh, – we're reading Hadrian's Wall uh, with art by Rod Reese – uh, and uh, let's see, it's written by Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel. Uh, we got a little letter design by Troy Apitiri. I'm gonna guess. I, I don't know. Uh, but that, but that's uh, the art team and the and the writers that we're dealing with on this on this very noirish sci-fi locked room murder mystery. And when we say read it, we're not actually gonna read this to you guys. We're hopefully no, that we're you gonna read. It. We're so Seattle, Washington, one, Earth, August one. 2085. No, that's wrong. That's what we're doing. Is this this is a good podcast. We're just, we're just going to read the whole thing to you. Uh, but on the show today, we're going to talk about the uh, about this book, Hadrian's Wall. We're going to kind of do a little a little book club ish, but with, uh, with with a comic book. Uh, Freddie guest du jour is on to talk to this uh, talk about this podcast with us. Now we normally uh, I, ask guests when they come on like what their first exposure to comics yeah. is, and uh, Freddie obviously we've we've gotten that. In spades from from Freddie. So Freddie, here I, it's been a while since I talked to you, and so I want to know you as the you are a monster fan. You are a fan of monsters, right? right. You love monsters. You love horror. What was your thoughts on a uh, Shape of Water? Did you see that yet? I did. I did. What did you think? I about absolutely it? loved it. Yeah. I didn't make my top ten. Oh, didn't um, for the year? No. Yeah, of the year didn't. Ooh. Wow. I regret it actually, but. It was dang good. Okay. Did you yeah. see it, Travis? Did I did it? it, and I finished it. And my first thought was, I wonder what Freddie thought about this. I, I enjoyed it. I really like it. I did not see it. I was supposed to go with Freddie, but that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I didn't see it. But I, def- I definitely want to see it because I love Guillermo del Toro. I love monster movies. So I feel like I would enjoy it. Well, yeah, I, I just I don't think there's many people. I love interspecies sexual love stories, mm. and so I think I'd like it. Yeah, for that too. Who, who doesn't? First of all, yeah. Um, second, Does he have a fish dong? That's my question. Uh, yeah, it, it goes inside his body. They actually explain that in dialogue, <laughs> and they show they it with not. like hands. They do. Yeah. Oh man, 
I oh, know. Wait, now I'm definitely. Yeah, I'm yeah, def- yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's an explanation of fish genitalia and how it works, I'm in. I want to know if he poops like fish. You know how fish like poop a little <laughs> stringy poop? Yeah, like weird little stuff. I think yeah. it works. I yeah, but I was watching that movie and I said, man, Del Toro loves monsters in like a way that's unnatural. And I'm like, man, not many people love monsters like that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Freddy does. Freddy loves <laughs> monsters like so I'm that. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah, all right no go ahead so so let's let's dive in to this book we're talking about travis you told me you wanted me to do the synopsis so here's my synopsis you ready here we go uh we have a uh a former police officer mm-hmm. former detective simon uh, who's down and out simon uh who is dealing who's been shot who's dealing with a little bit of uh prescription pain med issue mm-hmm is asked to come and investigate a murder in outer space that happens to be his ex-wife's new husband. Yes. Who used the to victim. be his he's boss. The, he's the victim. He's the dead body. Him. Yeah. Very, very tan- tangled up. Locked room murder mystery. Uh, who did it? Then we've got some, uh, some like, rebel, radical, uh, revolutionaries involved. Some bomb making material, a very sort of like who done it mystery uh, that we're trying to follow along with the main character Simon as he's trying to figure out what's who done killed his wife, his ex wife's husband. Which I'll get the name to in a second here, but so let's talk about the you mentioned up front the genre, all right? Uh, yeah. Very much noir, noir, uh, and you said <laughs> noir, Pablo Neruda. Uh, and <laughs> I like the way you said it. It's very much a locked room mystery, right? Yeah. So, Freddie, um, you know, is this your genre? Is this our, when you when you heard about the book, you're like, oh, okay, I can get into this locked room noir mystery, or was it like not really my genre, but I do like space, so I'll give it a try. I actually um, didn't know anything about it. I saw the cover and rolled my eyes hard and i'm like why am i gonna read this (laughs) i would like the design work is very the cover design work is very unappealing yeah yeah (laughs) but i didn't want to read it honestly (laughs) i think this is the same uh artwork as valerian the the movie poster exactly (laughs) it is very much the uh valerian movie poster it is Yeah, so um, so so I, I, had no idea. You had no idea coming into it what this what, that what the even genre was. I guess you assumed it's space and sci-fi because it's got that sci-fi feel to it, right? Right. Yeah, right. and usually you guys know me as a horror guy, so I'm like, well, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt <laughs> that has something to do with that. You know. Mm. All right. There so a, I can't space ghost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, space ghost, coast to coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Brack makes an appearance in this too in the background. Yeah. I saw him floating in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being snide to all the every all the other aliens. So, uh, Freddie, I I I can't get a read based on our first thirty seconds of conversation whether you enjoyed this book or not. All right, I did. So, I actually, right. okay. I actually really did. Let's start off with your general impressions. Yeah, it was um the first like two pages. Where it just like slowly like the little ding 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 ding, ding you know, and they mm-hmm. like as his mask is breaking. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm in. Whatever this um, story has to, and the the fact that it was a it was a who done it. I'm like, okay, I love like it reminded me of the thing a little bit, very know, much, very know. much, kind of a little bit of a thing sort of thing going on, but no alien. Right, exactly. Right. Paranoia. All of Event Horizon as well. You know, like yeah. it's kind of got that. So you talked about this locker room mystery. So just let's just get right into it. I think one of the things I enjoyed most about this book was that trope of when that locker room mystery. Showed up, yeah. When Perot showed up with his giant mustache and he's like, the solution is. <laughs> Ew, pardon me. No one leaves. Uh, it is that kind of clue in outer space. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's an original. Uh, trope, you know, like a noir in outer space. We've seen it before. There seems to be, especially in literature, sci-fi literature, that's become very popular. Um, but I, I, there's something about having that noir locked room mystery 
uh, in outer space, it just adds to that feel because you can't go anywhere, right? And so yeah. once I realize, it doesn't take you very long to spot the trope. Like, oh, you're being sent to like this sp- small space station to investigate a murder. As soon as you get in there, you see all the suspects. And there's not a lot of people on the space station. No. There's like eight or ten people on the space station. And everyone's a suspect. I really like that, really making this world super small. There's this yeah. whole rebel force. There's this whole kind of like interplanetary war going on. But we don't really know much about that, nor get to know much about that. Uh, we just focus on these eight to ten people on this ship. And I really like the claustrophobia of the story uh, as it was told through that. Yeah, you know, I, I really dug. I mean, for me, I just literally finished. Uh, so I'm on kind of like a kick of uh, I found Audible. And so I'm just finishing book four of 2018. And one of the books I had finished earlier in the year, the first one I listened to was this book called Six Wakes. And it's very much a locked room, outer space murder mystery where everybody gets cloned. And so like these six clones wake up and they're like, who fucking killed us all. (laughs) And they have to figure out like which one of them killed it. Yeah. And so this is like a continuation of that idea. And so I was, I'm like really in, I did like three sci-fi books this month. And so I was like, all right, I'm in, let's, let's do it again. Um, I really kind of enjoyed that. You're right, Travis. It creates this sort of claustrophobia of finding out who it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, then we, then you bring in this whole sort of like, um, rebel revolutionary thing to it that adds a whole nother element. Some more characters show up on the ship that you weren't expecting before. That when you go into it, you don't think you're going to be there. Yeah, right? I'm pretty you're sure they were the Star Jammers at first. I'm like, did the Star Jammers just show up in this book? <laughs> she does like she has some weird like face paint on that yeah, was a little yeah, it yeah. threw me off a it's little like, bit. Yeah, truly outrageous on the ship it, now. Right? She grabbed her earring at one point and said. <laughs> What is it? What does she say? What does Jem say? I've never seen know. one episode of Jem. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Gabby. What does Jem say when she touches her earring? Synergy. Synergy. She touches, oh, is she, she, is, she, is, she own, is she middle management at some corporation? She She's middle management at a corporation. And she says, synergy. And then she turns into <laughs> so you've been reading a lot of sci-fi and yeah. Freddie, someone put this question this is kind of a big question, you might need to write an essay about it, but I'll throw it out to both of you <laughs> you know, there's all different types of sci-fi, hard sci-fi, soft sci-fi and genres within there what do you, th- what do you, what elements make good sci-fi for you? What do you what do you like to see in a good sci-fi story across the genre, not just in the specific, like, hard stuff what makes, what do you need to see in a sci-fi story to to feel satiated it's for me. It's weird. I, not counting Star Wars, I'm not a big sci-fi fan. Mm-hmm. But the sci-fi movies that I'm drawn to, like The Thing and stuff like that, the the sci-fi element is like in the background. Like they don't make, like make it noticeable. Like Children of Men, it's it's all in the background, and that's like, it's the location. But with the story that pulls it forward, that's what draws me in. So this, the story is what sucked me in. So it could because it could technically be in any location you know right. it could be in a warehouse you know yeah this is this is one of those things where like i i am like a giant i love hard sci-fi like dune is one of my favorite books oh, which yeah. is like is bizarrely way out there sci-fi as you can get and i like that stuff but i do really like this book because it's like it's sci-fi but freddie's right it could have been anywhere else it's not like the thing that killed the guy was very sci-fi it's not that like any anything was very sci-fi in it except like they're in a spaceship right you know and there's some rebel from a moon somewhere but that could have been a rebel from kentucky or Mm, you know it could have been it could have been anything it could have been anywhere you know uh the canadian forget let's not forget the uh unpronounceable mind material that appears somewhere in this book as in any good sci-fi story has to have some like unobtainium uh yeah in there. yeah yeah um but you know travis what makes a good sci-fi for you do you do you read a lot of sci-fi or do you, know, you do you enjoy a lot of sci-fi you know i've gotten more into sci-fi from this podcast i think going back to way back to profit which was one of our first couple of books i believe it was yeah. your, i think it was the very first book actually that we did yeah, was podcast. I, yeah we did 
prophet and preacher were our yeah, first Yeah, prophet books. and preacher, the P's, right? Um, <laughs> we, we worked our way through the middle of the alphabet. Um, then it was Popeye. That was a weird yeah. episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. so since then I was like, wow, you know, uh, I usually like um, sci-fi and short story form. form. Like uh, Ursula huh. Le Guin does some really great soft sci-fi. I am a huge, I've always been a huge Ray Bradbury fan. Um, although he probably would be the last person to call his book sci-fi. You know, he even though like we think of him as like a godfather of sci-fi, he's very much into like, I don't write sci-fi. And we're like, all right, Bradbury, calm your ass down, right? You're sci-fi. And so I really like that. And, and I think that goes along the same way with what Freddie was talking about. I, you know, Star Wars is great. And it's great to see like, space battles and lasers and unpronounceable aliens interacting with aliens and weird space bars. But I also really like what Freddie was talking about where it's just that subtle it's that subtle kind of brushstrokes of science fiction that's only used really to accentuate the the themes, the human themes in there. Um, you know, a great example of that is Black Mirror is is probably one that oh, is yeah. doing that the best right now. It's just yeah. oftentimes they'll just do like a real thin brushstroke of of sci-fi on it, and then you're like, oh my god, that just really makes this stand out a lot more. Like. Annabelle's green hair in this. Right? A subtle brushstroke. Yes, I thought it was Polaris uh, from X Factor uh, making her the rounds in this book. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Freddie. I, I like the more subtle sci fi um, as far as an enjoyable read. And, and this is like very subtle. Like it could have been he goes to a mining rig, you know, in the middle of the Atlantic right, or something yeah. like that. Right. But like the point is you had to create a locked room environment where the murder mystery has to take place. And the sci-fi element of it really just sprinkles a little bit of flavor to it. Right. And it's more visual than anything else. Like you said, Travis, like her green hair, or there's a couple, couple scenes that happen back on earth and everybody's like, it's raining and their umbrellas are like helmets. Yeah. It's the weird, like it's these weird sort of umbrella hats they wear yeah yeah yeah. and you're just like oh it's sci-fi that's that's the stuff i love like Mm -hmm. in blade runner where they have like the glowing umbrella sticks i'm like well that's cool right and so like those little umbrella helmet things that people are wearing i'm like oh that's like a quirky sci-fi sort of like tiny touches little details right it like (laughs) makes it visually interesting where it may not be otherwise right? right where it gives you something else to look at so let me ask you guys. Let's 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 dive into it. This is supposed to be a mystery. Mm. Do you feel that it did mystery well, or did or, or did it feel like? Because we're dealing with comic books, and sometimes, and this is for me, like we have eight issues to tell a mystery in, right? Which is a little long. Usually, it's about six for a trade, but we have eight issues to tell a mystery. Do you feel like you got a good mystery out of these eight issues, or? Or what, what do you feel about it? Yeah, actually, halfway through it, I'm like, how, do, how is he telling this story in a comic book form? Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of blown away by that, me being an inspiring writer, you know, because there's so much world building and so many flashbacks, but it all, like, makes sense. So for me, I felt, and because I got it digital... I was expecting six comics. So I kept swiping. I'm like, why am I still reading this? (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I thought he did an excellent job at it. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I think that uh, the the mystery part of the story was done better in the first maybe like three issues. I thought they set up the mystery really well. Uh, They even have the classic suspect board on like a two double page spread somewhere in there. And you're like, okay, here are the players. All right, thanks. All right, Uh, it was Colonel Mustard. Um, And so I think that that, those mystery tropes and, and really setting that up was really done. Well, early on, from when his you know his pills go missing, uh, yeah. to we find you know everyone has a motive. Just about everyone has a motive when we go through all the motives. I really like that. I think the mystery was done really well there. I think once the Star Jammers enter the story, once uh, Captain Willow is her name, yeah. once she enters the story, I think some of that mystery dissolves. Uh, I mean, we still haven't figured out who the murderer. Um, of this astronaut was at that point, but I feel like some of that mystery was deflated as the other stakes were raised. Then it became, the stakes 
uh, at that point outweighed the mystery. And I like a mystery where the mystery is the stakes, you know. Uh, I like this book a lot, but that was, as far as the mystery is concerned, I think it was done much better in the first half of the book than the second half. I, I think you're right. It's an issue four when they it's the end of issue four when they show up. And it kind of changes yeah. the tone of the of the mystery. Right. So instead of it being sort of like it had to happen because of these eight people on this ship, it then becomes, oh no, it could happen because of all of these outside factors. And so it became a small it became a it stopped being a small mystery. Mm-hmm. I still think I, when it played out at the end, I liked how it played out. Right. I liked what it became. But for just a couple issues, I was like, oh, this got a little bigger than I thought it would. Yeah, it was It was like for me, like when I was watching Lost, like, oh, this is a Kate episode. You right, know, right, I want right. a Locke episode or something. You know, yeah. I'm like, so I kind of tuned out a little bit, you know, on some of that. Yeah, it became like a lot of like the resistance and why are we yeah, fighting and stuff like that. Yeah. And I liked it when they were explaining like, well, this how did you get the syringe into that room and and what's that doing in there? Uh, so yeah, I, I like that part of the mystery better. And so yeah, let's let's talk about can we are we go to the mystery? I want to talk about the main yeah. character Simon. Um, yeah, go ahead. I think there's a lot of archetypes in here. Um, so. What do we think about Simon and his pill uh his pill habit? He's very much a tropey character, mm-hmm. right? He has an addiction and it clouds his judgment. It's his crutch. You know, there there's this this whole sort of like it's a it was he was a very stock character. He works too hard. Yeah, you know? right? Like, he loved He's his a, job too yeah, much. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why he and his ex-wife couldn't make it. Um, but sometimes I feel like a stock character like that is good because it lets you enjoy everybody else, mm-hmm. right? It lets Because you don't have to worry about that character. You know how he's going to fall in line. Um, and so you know that he didn't do it. Um, and so the question becomes, like, how is, how is his addiction or how is his problem going to play in to the drama and it and i think that's the other thing it really did for those first four issues but then it stopped being an issue right because just as he was a kind of about to make headway like his his what do you call it when you go off something um relax when you're like you're like decompressing. Detox? De- thank you. Yeah, detoxing. detoxing. Yeah. His detox would get in the way, right? He'd pass out yeah. or something just before he would discover something good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Even though it is stock, I think it, it plays out really well. I always feel – I feel like they were really trying to get us to think of, like, Keanu Reeves in this role, like the way that they <laughs> drew him. I'm like, is this Keanu Reeves' character from Constantine? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> He's a very, like uh, – for some reason, in like episode, and an episode in issue five, he starts wearing a different outfit. So, like before this, he doesn't look very sci-fi, and then in issue five, he's wearing this bizarre cowl necked yeah. hoodie. <laughs> very dude, and it's like, like yeah. it was very weird. And I was like, well, why did he change clothes? And why does he look? He doesn't look like a detective anymore. He kind of looks like a weird sci-fi bum. Yeah. Uh, I will but, I, I will say that my one of my the thing that I gravitated to the most in this and that that kept me reading it was the relationship between him and his ex-wife Annabelle because yeah, yep. the circumstances that got him onto the ship because um, they do flashbacks of when they were in love and and stuff like that and then you find out as Josh pointed out at the beginning when he was summarizing that it's his ex-wife because she dumped him started dating his boss. Right, and then his boss shoots him, and yeah, and then she, but and and she kind of sets him up, like, oh, come over to my house, it's fine. And you're like, this femme fatale is a real bitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there's this one scene when they're on the bed and they're just like talking about it being over, and like she just needs to get out, and you're like, wow, like that's that's he's dealing with all this shit, like the drug habits bad enough. But he's got to deal with, like, the most broken of all broken hearts. It's it's pretty tough. And I did like the idea that, like, he was brought on because, you know, that the story goes that there's this sort of inside job to get these 
minerals to sell to the uh, um, sell to the rebels, right? That's right. where the star jammers show up. Mm. And so this murder happens. Not be it's not supposed to happen, right? It's throwing off the plan, mm. but. Once it happens, the guy on the inside who works with the business brings him out because he's like, oh, he needs the money. He's going to take the job because he wants to see his ex-wife. And he hates this guy. So he's just going to go like, yeah, he's dead. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's but a good setup. His, but he loves his job too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a damn good cop. All right? Right. And I'm not going to fudge this for anything. Yeah. But I will fudge <laughs> it for my ex-wife. <laughs> I, I actually thought of a little bit of the Watchmen while reading this because of the inciting incident is that that death at the beginning. So I haven't reread it, but and when you reread Watchmen, there's so many clues like in the in the artwork and the in the writing. So I, I, I'm hope I'm wondering if it's the same thing in this thing in this graphic novel. You know? Yeah, you know, I I went and reread the. Um... The first couple is so I started reading this in singles. I read probably the first five ish, four or five issues in singles, and I was like, "Oh, this would be a good one to do." Not realizing that, like, I was like, "Oh, I probably only have like one issue left," and then I was like, "Oh, there's eight issues," <laughs> and so like I bought the rest. I was reading it digitally, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna save it until we do the show. I'm gonna reread it," and so I reread it again, and there was things that I didn't notice before, like. You see the bullet holes in him, and I like when I was reading it the first time I didn't notice the the bullet holes in him, but then when I read it again, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He got shot by his you know by his wife's by his boss who's yeah. now his ex wife's you know husband and you know there's all these little things in it uh, that I think if I read it if I went back to look for some of the clues. I want to believe that they're there because right. it seems like it's written well enough. There's got to be. Right? There's that that be. it's there. Um, so let's talk the the um, the outcome of this mystery, Travis. Right? We've, mm. we've got these characters. We've got this main character. Was it a satisfying outcome to the mystery for you? Um, not particularly. Uh, and again, like I said, that wasn't the the crux of the story for me. What brought me into it, I like that relationship. Yeah. I thought like the kind of like ex machina saving uh, from the ship was. I thought we could have had a little bit more connection to the story, something brought back, or or some reason for getting them off the ship. And I they I might have missed that again. You know, uh, there might be a better connection to how they got off that ship than I saw just apparently some signal went out and they picked him up or someone heard i i wasn't even quite sure how they got off that ship um and then it was one of the one of the rebels came back and got them oh okay so in his conversation he talked about he had mentioned um i'd have to get to eight really quick but he had mentioned something to them like this is a world we want to build that isn't like this right and so the rebel like hears him give this sort of like you know, speech. Yeah, yeah. And so, oh, that makes more 12, sense. Twelve days later, she picks him up. I would tell you when they when they died. Spoiler alert! Oh yeah. I literally thought they died, and because I'm I'm reading it digitally, right? And so yeah. I don't have the benefit of seeing that there's yeah. a couple pages left. I'm like, oh shit! This guy did it. This author killed the main yeah. characters yeah. like yeah. how like for me i'm like bravo yeah you yeah, did yeah, it yeah, yeah you just ended it with them dying and then yeah. i flip the page i'm like oh shit you saved him yeah Dang it. Like, yeah i thought for sure it was gonna end on this very dark but still they're together right like this these these two lovers are back together they were brought back together through tragedy and so like they're the gonna face be, more tragedy the face <laughs> more like they're back together but they're back, and so yeah. if they die, it's okay because they found each other again. Because he was killing but, himself anyways. Like he wanted, like he was, yeah. he was already on. Like they both kind of were, like on like a death spiral. Um, yeah. But I was literally like, oh my god, they're dead. He's going to kill them. And then I flip the page. I'm like, oh, he saved him. Yeah. <laughs> like that was probably the disappointing part for me and, was that they got saved. And then they don't. They don't end back up together which i don't don't know if i'm i i I think i'm fine with that but 
it just seemed like I think you could have ended that on the spaceship. Like, I don't know if they had to die in the spaceship, but I think, I don't know. Maybe they should have died, Josh. I don't know. Yeah, I really, I really think they should have died. Because, like, I get it. You end it in a way, like, it ends with him deleting that picture of him and, his, and him and that and his ex-wife. Right, this picture that he's kept around of them together when they were young. She's doing okay. She's gone. He talks about he's got a couple days left. And the next one is like he, the thirteenth day of recovery, he's done. He's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm clean. I, you know, I'm not on drugs anymore. Delete the picture of me and the ex-wife, and that's how it ends. And I get like part of me goes like, okay, he's a better man. He went through this. He's clean. But I think I rather would have they died on that ship. I think that would have been a more poignant ending. Yeah, it, it seemed like a, a lot of story to tell to have that, like, sometimes love can be as addicting as drugs, right? And <laughs> with that end scene where he's like, the last line is like, recovery, day one, after he leaves her, right? After he deletes yeah. it, it's like, oh, that's what I. That was my real addiction. Was this relationship and this love? And I was like, wah wah. I'm yeah. like, why did you take him through space for that? Days recovered. Like, one. I think I finally am. Deleted. And like, I should have known. Like, <laughs> it's only next to the pill bottle. Like, we get it. We get it. We're not yeah. idiots. <laughs> French. But... Frenchy. <laughs> like. I'm not – when you're reading a digital, I'm not paying how many – like how many pages there are. So I'm on the last – I'm on that last issue and it's like – now that I look at it now, it's like page 12 where they're like looking at each other and they're like, all right, it's over. And they – and then like, did you ever love me? And she's like, of course I did. I totally love you. And they hug because like he needs that. He needs to be okay. And then there's one panel – where, like, the ship, it starts to pull away from the window, and it's farther and farther away, and I'm like, that's it. The dude did it. He killed them. He just let it end on, like, the most depressingly wonderful yeah. note. And then I switched the panel, and someone's coming to save them, and I was like, dang it! They, no! better, be, they better be going to bury the bodies, god damn it! <laughs> Don't say them. It's that like we've gotta we've gotta ban this from storytelling. The blackout in a climax and waking up in a hospital bed. I'm done with it, guys. I'm done with it. Remove but, but it from to, the toolbox. To get back to the idea of like the so that's not the end of the mystery. The end of the mystery is sort of this idea like there was a plot to to um, sell some minerals to the rebels. And it didn't work, so one of one of the one of the guys, the conspirators, kills the the cap, not the captain, but the the main scientist. The that, yeah, yeah, the, the ex husband, yeah. or the not the ex husband, but the ex wife's husband. Uh, so, what did you, Freddie? What did you think of that conclusion? Not the conclusion of the book, but the cl- conclusion of the mystery. Did it work for you? Like this sort of bizarro plot point that it all happened because of some outside factor, or how did you feel about it? It's it's one of these things that no, most of the time you're never going to be satisfied, you know. So I learned while watching Lost, like, <laughs> just enjoy the ride. So mm-hmm. having said that, I, I wasn't – I didn't care for it. But like I said, I enjoyed the ride very thoroughly. It's very rare nowadays where there's movies, TV shows, or comics that, like, really execute where they start off, wow, like, bang, this is a mystery, whatever it is. And, like, just elevate it. It's super rare to, to do that now. Mysteries are tough because, you know, as a, as a reader, it's like, I don't know. As I'm reading the mystery, I don't have it predetermined in my head how I want it to end, you know? I'm like, I, you just trust the author and you hope they're going to take you to, like, some sort of satisfying conclusion, right? Uh, but I wonder if reading mysteries, like, in the the... the sub part of my brain like i i do know how i want it to end or at least in the the tone and when it doesn't hit that like i get like that's not how this mystery yep. ends yep. you know yep. and, and like i push you, up my glasses and like technically you know? yeah yeah exactly you're like what but that's i mean otherwise it's just a a shoebox mystery and you can just replace it with the characters with anything so i think there is some of that with the genre itself of mystery as as you're reading it you're always like how's this going to end? I trust you. Take me there. And then when you get there, you're like, oh, man, 
You always want it to be you know, more epic than it is because the the the, yeah. the the point of a mystery is that the tension is always going to be larger than the outcome. I mean, that's what the mystery is. The the simple solution is obviously usually the answer, right? But they take you through all these twists and turns, and by the time yeah. you get to that simple answer, you're like, it can't be that simple, and you're like, well, that's a mystery. But I would I would tell you that this didn't you didn't get all the pieces at first, right? Because, like, you find out who kills him, but not – it doesn't happen for the reason that maybe you think, right? Because right, you don't right. find out right. about this deal until the Thetans show up, until the rebels, the moon rebels show up. And so, like, you're playing with all these parts, and then all of a sudden they're like, no, wait, here's five more parts. And you're like, oh, well, that seems unfair. It's no longer this locked room murder mystery. I mean it is because yeah. the person who killed him was on the ship. But the reason for it became this I here's my thing. I think you could have told the same story without the rebels showing up on the ship. I think so too. I think what you what you're saying makes sense to me. It's like a mystery should become unlocked based on pressures put on by the characters as opposed yeah. to an outside force coming in and revealing information. You want that mystery information to be re re resolved or revealed from when a character gets pressed into a corner through circumstances. It comes yeah. out. It has to, right? Yeah. There's been enough exploring and poking around that someone feels pressure or an event causes it to bubble to the surface. This was an outside force coming in and, and all of a sudden revealing the mystery. Like, oh yes, we had been working with someone on the inside. And you're like, what? No. Let's let's come to a natural reveal of that. Yeah, and, and I think my biggest thing is that's on issue five. And so you've got issues five, six, seven, and eight where you're coming to this resolution and you found, I, like, I feel like we found out how it happened Sometimes too quickly, right? Yes. Like, even though the first issue, the rebels are like, well, we want to know who killed him because we want to solve it. Right. We want to punish that person. And so they make you – like, they do a good misdirect. They make you think it's the, the wife, and it's yeah. not. Um, and even the these rebels who show up don't know why he was killed. And so the mystery is still kept, but it just felt weird that this outside force comes in, and that's what made – that's what made him discover the problem. Yeah. You know, it was, it, it was wasn't less his him, work. It wasn't his skill. Yeah, it was less him being a good detective and more like the impatience of these rebels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah. worked it out for him. Yeah, it does. It does kind of get rid of that first half of the story. It's like all for naught, you know, it, it would yeah. have come out eventually, most likely in, in some shape or form. But that being said, like like Freddie said, I enjoyed the ride. Like it was a good ride, you know. Like it was interesting, even though some of it was sort of very stock, right. you know. Um, every, you know the characters played their roles and played the different parts, even though there are a lot of these outside characters. The main story is really just with Simon and his ex-wife. They're yeah. the most prevalent characters in the whole thing. You learn all of these other characters, but they don't really play a role. Like the dude with the face tattoo, I was like, oh, that's right. He's got a giant face yeah. tattoo. What does he do again? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. He's one of like the the rebels like nation, like one from that other planet, right? So he had, yeah. he had the most genetically to be like the uh, the criminal. But, it, you know, it's weird because as we talk about the mystery, it's like I kind of like the mystery less, but I still like the book. So now my question becomes like, well, what do I like about it? And I think for me, one of the things, and I think this can get a segue into talking about art, was I just love the atmosphere of this book. It was probably my yeah. favorite thing in this book and what and what keeps me enjoying it, even though I think that mystery is a bit stock and didn't have the – the, the reveals that I think it should have earned as I, I just love the atmosphere in this book. So let's talk about that art. What do you, do you agree with the, the term atmosphere? And if so, like how, how is he building that? Well, I think he builds it with, I mean, it's not, it's a very painterly style, right? Like the colors are different. The artwork's different from a lot of artwork that you and I, that we see a lot on this show. It's a very sort of different vibe to it. It doesn't look like stock comic book, 
right? Like it's realistic, but there's still this sort of sketchy way around it. And I will tell you, like, there's one, I think issue seven is where there's a different artist. Um, like there's a couple, you can tell the pages that are done by a different artist and it totally threw me. I was like, Oh, I don't like this as much. There was something that worked really well, uh, with, um, with Reese doing the art on it. And then the last two issues, there's someone helping him on it. Yeah. I noticed that too. It was, yeah, I, I did not like it as much. It was it was not as it was not as good. It but was like too crisp. Yeah, yeah. I it does. It's very sort of the art is very painterly, mm-hmm. in a very kind of like it sets this very mood. Like the colors are very noir, right? Yeah, like yeah. like how else do you explain it? That it really sets Travis. You're right. It sets this mood. I think it does it really well with the color palette. It's very minimal. Yeah, but there's it just speaks so much volume. Yeah, when you look at like this, like for me, the space station is such a character. I mean, it's named Hadrian's Wall after the space station, and it's such a character and so important to setting up the atmosphere of the book. But when you look at the panels, it's they'll usually set up the room they're in or that part of the space station, and then for the rest of that scene, it's just blacked out colors in the back. They're single colors, so it's like yeah, I think. In my head, I believe they've shown more of this spaceship than is actually shown in this book. And I think that's a testament to good storytelling and uh, panel pacing is that they're doing the minimal amount of work in sketching those backgrounds out, yet they're allowing me to fill in those gaps in ways that they probably – that was art uh, – that was structured. Like that was – that it wasn't done on accident. They're like, what's the bare minimum we can show them and let their – their their mind fill in the rest and especially sci-fi fans we know what like these grungy spaceships are supposed to look like we've seen them a million times and yeah aliens, I mean, it's, and alien, it know. very much reminds me of the alien spaceship yeah. yeah there's a scene where they're in the cafeteria and that cafeteria you see it for like three panels and i'm like in my head then i fill in the rest of it is oh, yeah. oh that's the cafeteria from aliens yeah and even the monitor, even the main control room is very aliens like, right? Like mm-hmm. the none of the monitors are very fancy. Like it's just sort of like it's sci-fi, but it looks I mean, it's an older this this was reprinted now, but I, I think it's an older book in France. Um but it very much smacks of let's paint the picture for ourselves. You're right, Travis. There's scenes where it's just, you know, We'll set the scene, and then all of the close-ups will be with just a color behind them. Right. We're and not going to show you what it looks like. Yeah, it lets, it lets the genre do a lot of the heavy lifting as the storytelling goes. You know, we fill that in. As IGN put on the back, a love letter to Blade Runner, Outland, yeah. and Aliens, right? And that's undeniable in this. For sure. It's very much it, – it felt to me a whole lot. Everything in outer space felt like aliens, but every time they flashed back, it felt like Blade Runner. Yeah. But those are like two of my favorite movies. So like two of my favorite sci-fi movies. Uh, the the original Alien is an um, amazingly suspenseful sci-fi movie. Uh, and then Blade Runner is this sort of beautiful, boring. So boring. <laughs> but I love it because it's so gorgeous. But it is super boring, and it's all about, like, the aesthetic of it. Right, yeah. Um, And every piece of this kind of felt like those two movies jammed together. (laughs) Even the, the, the guy who hires him... Wears like white jackets and like yeah. it's like Sting in like some sci-fi movie. You know, it's it's, it's like real. a weird. Everything's like a very sort of like what did we think sci-fi looked like in the eighties? Like it's the eighties, but four hundred years in the future. Lots of pop collars. <laughs> Lots of pop collars in this book. Well, her shoulder pads, man. Like she's got that green long hair, and then her shoulders are straight up. I gotta tell you, this Annabelle character is one of the sexiest characters I've seen in comic books She's in a very long time. Young. Yeah, yeah. Very young. I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, you need to lock this down, right? You need Back to lock this down, buddy. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's like, there's one flashback where she has bangs, and that's my that's my favorite Annabelle. Is that the way they're when they're in the car and it's all bright and sunny? Like the the no, one panel no. in the whole book where it's all 
like a whole different comic book. Not oh, yeah. not there. It's like later when they're at a party, uh, and she's like accusing him, like like, are you are you accusing me of sleeping with blah blah blah? And she like, well then maybe I'll just sleep with one of your friends or something like that. He's like the boss. She's like he's always had an eye for me. She's got like sweet bangs, and I'm like. I like bitchy Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> she does weird things to me, man. Guys, yeah. I like this book a lot better as a breakup story than a sci-fi story. I think that's what I just realized. I like this as, like, like really the turns that happen after coming out of a really long-term serious relationship. And you have to deal with jealousy and depression and, and, and moving on. Her. and Yeah, and getting and shot, shot by her. Well, I think that's what happens in France, dude. I think – I don't think that's – I think that's, like, par for the course in France. They're really hot-blooded <laughs> when it comes to, like, their affairs and shit. I think this is like in France when you break up, you get shot, of course, right? Um, and this is about that. Who hasn't been I, shot three times by an ex-lover's I, uh, new <laughs> bow? New bow. Um, so to get back to that art, we we talked about the colors. You know, I, I you know I think the colors really set the mood. What did you guys think of the art style? What did you think of this sort of like realistic? Um, portrayal of most of these characters not very cartoony what do you think freddie i uh i dug it for the most part um it took a while for me to really get into it because i'm not used to this type of stuff um but as the more i read it i'm like there's nobody else that could have drawn these pages because they're i just love like the expressions that he did and it's very detailed, but not detailed. I don't know how to explain it because there's some that just looks pretty minimal, but then he'll, like in the next panel, he'll really get into it. Yeah, I, that makes it I agree with that. It's like some of it is really sharp and others of it is kind of um, like a watered down a little bit. You yeah. know, the idea of yeah. it, it's really minimal, but others it's like, like just pinpoint sharp. Right. I did love how the artist would switch up styles. And so whenever, like, all of a sudden it would become when, like, the ghost of the, the, the you know, her, the ghost astronaut would show up and all of a sudden it would be very sort of stark and sketchy and there'd be no color to it. I really dug that, that transition. Mm-hmm. Me too. I thought that that was a good way of, of kind of playing that in to the into the whole story there's a couple of panels when he's in that um painterly style and then you have the dead astronaut show up and you can really see the contrast there um of those two styles when they're in the same panel together yeah yeah and that's i think that's that's kind of the coolest part is this sort of um i'm going to show you this but then in order to show you that this is not real i'm going to do this very stark just pencil drawing of you know of this astronaut what's going on is there a cocktail party going on back there what's going there is there is like a gaggle are you guys are you guys on a spaceship is that the gallery are you next to the gallery yeah we're next to the galley uh the ladies in the galley are very loud (laughs) as we're doing this podcast (laughs) i they maybe they were talking about recording their own podcast so it's a possibility oh they had some drinks today huh they did, yeah. You ever, so ever have drinks with someone and talk about podcasts, and then by the end of that conversation, someone wants to start a podcast? <laughs> yeah, no, that happens. That happens. So let's let's talk. Uh, let's let's go into Travis. Um, we talked about the wrap up. We kind of talked about sort of how you know whether we loved the ending of it. Mm-hmm. I would much rather they would have died. Yes. Um, because I think that that ties – I think that would have ended – I wanted them to get back together. What did you think about this relationship, like this trajectory of the relationship? Were you happy with how this romance ended? I – honestly, in the last ten minutes, I have changed my whole opinion of this book. I went from like kill them Romeo and Juliet style with the syringes on the ship and let them <laughs> freeze in space to like – no, I like this as a breakup story. I like – I like someone 
like obviously one of these two writers just had gotten their heart ripped out. Maybe I'm thinking of divorce somewhere in here. And like, well, how can I tell like my road to recovery, but through a genre I like? And I was like, okay, it works. So once I look at it like that, the ending becomes less cheesy and it becomes yeah. like, oh, okay, it's just a way to look at this story. If I reread this again, I would stop paying attention to the mystery and the sci-fi, and I would just focus on the relationship between the two characters and what they really are saying to each other. Yeah. All right, I can get that. Freddie, what did you think of the this sort of romance story and the ending of it? What did, what did you think about it? I, I, it, was, it was great. It really, like, um, I was not thinking I was going to like that part because, you know, we're geeks and we're drawn to, like, action or mystery or horror, whatever it is. So I thought the mystery was just enough, but reading it, that relationship was really the cherry on top, and it really kept me reading. However, those last two panels, I'm like, ah, it's like, it reminded me of Breaking Bad. It just, it ended (laughs) too perfectly, you know? And I, I I didn't dig that. Yeah, I think, like, they did such a – that last issue sets up the stakes so high. Like, two of the people can kill themselves. Right. And so, like, in that last issue, it talks about, like, how much air they have left. And so it's, like, remaining oxygen, 48 hours. And then someone's like, he's dead. And then it goes, remaining oxygen, 57.6 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was because so- there's, like, there's, like, one less person. And then the two people kill themselves. And it's, like, remaining oxygen. 93.2 and you're like oh this is dark yeah yeah, this yeah. Is dark. and so they're setting up the stakes of like can they solve it and then they're just gonna die yeah and i was like okay i'm on board with this i like that <laughs> we, we've set these stakes so high they couldn't solve it by themselves they couldn't fix it let's let them die because i i really liked sort of like where it ended with the two of them like um like, can we stop hating each other? Yeah, and they're yeah. both, if you think about it, terrible characters. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah, if they die, it's it's like just at the same time. Yeah, neither know? of them are good <laughs> yeah. people. Neither yeah. of them are good in their relationship. But I like that at the end, they were like, can we just stop yeah. being mad at each other? Yeah, I'd like that. And, and then they hug. Can we have just have done this like a long time ago and save us all this misery? <laughs> yes, and not exactly. died on a spaceship yeah. in the middle which, of nowhere. Which is a great uh, lesson to learn about relationships. Can we just not? <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> can we just not? Can we just not do this? <laughs> all right, boys, we got time for about uh, one more segment, our favorite segment called Favorite Panels. Favorite panels. Travis Ratz, do you have your favorite panel picked out? I do, and I don't think anyone else has it, so I'll go ahead and go first. Um, All right. As I said, I really like the atmosphere vibe of this book, and I think a lot of these panels are functional storytelling. There's some cool little splash pages and, t- and stuff, too, but I really like, uh, it's like the second issue. It's just this picture of this sweet-ass, sometimes all you need is a sweet-ass planet, and I love the little <laughs> ship going next to this, like, uh multicolored planet it's just it's just one of the things i really like about this book are these little kind of touches to that bigger sci-fi world where they give you a planet or like the underground belly of the ship just to really set up that mood and this is just one of those examples where i was like "Ooh, it allows me to build that world in my mind and the fact that if we look at this as a romance story you know out their window we don't we don't see it from the spaceship, but once you look out there, you're like, oh, this is actually a really beautiful little space journey they're on. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. All right, what's your favorite panel, Freddie? Mine is it's the one in the beginning. It's probably the third tink. You know when he wakes oh, up. Oh, let me see. Yeah, it's, it's like the first page. Yeah, of the, the book. first page. Yeah, and I really just like that's when I was like, because you know I love the movie Gravity. So I was just thinking of that and how it wakes him up immediately. I'm like, oh, this guy's screwed. Yeah. You know, that is a really like, cool panel. You know that he's not out there right. because he wanted to be out yeah. there. You yeah. know, uh, and he, kind of, he kind of looks like the silver surfer in that. Okay. Yeah, 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 I got that. Um, my favorite panel is uh, I think it's an issue six, page 19 of issue six. Uh, we talked earlier about how when the ghost shows up and how it's this different art style. Um, I really dig the ghost. He's trying to figure out, like, um, he's like, well, I'm hallucinating a dead astronaut. And he's like, 
yeah, well, these rebels are blah, blah, blah. And he, the, it's near the bottom, and uh, it's almost at the bottom panel. It's a big panel, and then the ghost is like, oh, my God, you still love her, don't you? That's what this is all about. Tell me I'm wrong, Simon. For your own sake, just tell me I'm wrong. And so it's like him hallucinating the ghost, the ghost astronaut, and I, I, I just dug sort of like the the dichotomy of the art style, that very painterly art style with the very sketchy charcoal looking uh, astronaut. I had that marked as one of mine too. I really like that one. Oh, look at this Travis. We're still simpatico. Yeah. We're... And I said, you know what? This is probably Josh's. Uh, I'm going to go with a different <laughs> one. Back in the day, it would have been the cause for, for uh, a, like first 10 episodes. We'd be like, son of a bitch. Not again. <laughs> you took my panel. Um, so here's what I want to know. Gentlemen, would you recommend this to someone else? Uh, Freddie, would you recommend this book? Heck yeah, I would. Heck yeah. Who would you recommend it to? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually have no idea who I'd recommend it to. Um, just like anybody that um, reads comics. But on comic... Uh, on, uh, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Did you hear about it on a different podcast? <laughs> on issue five, no. Oh. Um, when we find out the murder mystery, I don't know if you guys saw the last Mission Impossible where the whole thing we were supposed to watch was the the amazing plane sequence, you know? Yeah. But it was right at the beginning of the movie, so you're like, holy crap, it only could get better, right? Right. <laughs> so to have, like, warned this person, like, hey, just don't have that big of it. Like, give him a heads up, like that it's not going to be as awesome as you think, you know? Like, it's a fun ride, but hey, man, tone down those expectations. <laughs> hey, here, you want to read this book? It's not as good as you think it's going to be, but I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I, I think, like, I think, Travis, you nailed it earlier. Like, it ends up being a different type of story. Yeah. It's not about the murder mystery. It's about sort of this relationship. It's like a, a long-term breakup story. In a locked room murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I really dug it. I like the art. Um, you, I see that in your hand, you've got the full-fledged trade. And I, I read it digital. I had three issues left, and I'm like, okay, do I buy the trade? Or do I, like, am I frugal? And do I just buy the last three, ep- th- three issues for, like, two bucks a piece? Mm-hmm. So do I just spend six more dollars and finish it or do i spend 15 bucks and buy the thing and right now i'm regretting not having bought the full yeah trade of it to hand out to people yeah i I really dug it i really you know as someone who likes sci-fi i said you know i think i just if i were going to recommend this i would recommend it to sort of i I wish i'd gotten the full trade because i'd like to hand it off because I think it's it's a good story. I like the art, everything about it. It's a well, it's a well-rounded beginning, middle, and end. And it may not be the perfect mystery, but I really dug where it went. Um, and I really maybe I'd tear out the last five pages and just let them die and hand that to someone. But but I I, I really liked it. I thought that was a fun story. Maybe yeah. fun's not the right, but you know what I mean. And I would recommend it to anyone who likes the idea of a Nancy Myers story without liking and wanting to watch a Nancy Myers movie. If you've just been through a breakup <laughs> and you need some therapy and you like Star Wars, you can you can read this book and get all of the themes you would have a Nancy Myers movie without having to sit through Reese Witherspoon. There you go. I like it. I like that one. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen. I want to say thank you to our uh, podcast pal, Freddie, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Again, five times. Five-time champ, Freddie Pignol, on the yeah. show. Uh, Travis, as always, a pleasure, sir. I- Ladies and gentlemen, remember that you can find us on ComicExposure.com. You can find all the old episodes over at www.ComicExposure.com. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash comic exposure. And you can also find us on the Twitter, which is where most of the, well, most of the business happens at comic exposure. Uh, find out what's going on, what the next book is, all that good stuff. I do believe, Travis, our next book should be the Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix Saga. The Dark Phoenix Saga, yep. Saga Dark is Phoenix the saga. operative word there. It is quite it a is. saga. 
It is a tome. It is a tome. So we're we're reading Dark Phoenix Saga for the for the next episode. Uh, so the next comic book club. So if you've never read it before, pick it up. Enjoy a little bit of Claremont X Men. That is, if to, to know what comic books were like not today. <laughs> we're gonna have. A, I'm sure we'll hit the conversation of how it's written a whole lot differently than modern comic books. Uh, but I'm interested to kind of talk about what we think about those X-Men as we go back and look at it. Um, so find all that. You can listen to all of our old episodes over at ComicExposure.com. Thanks for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next trade. <laughs>